0: The regression to the mead for Isaac would be a dark, dark place. I love when Lloyd proves the haters wrong.
1: A disappointing week, I'm guessing, for our friend Matt Cavanaugh.
0: Wink's team is, bad as a dog. That's got to be a big disappointment for Pierre. Gabe likes to get in the mud and play with the boys. I I just never really know with Luke. I think there's a master plan behind it with Pierre. Week
1: 10 is in the books. The picture is starting to come into focus, and we are back today to break down everything we just got to see and take a look at how this home stretch may play out. Very excited about the panel we have here with us today. First of all, joining us, I'm guessing, fresh off of a poetry jog, it is Gabe. Gabe, welcome back.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's glad, uh, it's glad to be back. Be yeah. back on the uh, colonoscopy, uh, <laughs> dive deep into the uh, the inner workings of the fantasy football universe with you. And Gabe, uh, you... sorry, I'm cutting. I'm, I'm, <laughs> off, I'm off to a
1: terrible start here as usual uh, with cutting people. No, off. I was done. Oh, okay. Uh, do you have a, <laughs> a a preferred type of poetry structure? Are you a sonnet guy? Are you a haiku's man?
0: <laughs> I'm a jingle guy. <laughs> you know, any sorts of little rhymes, anything that really just flows off the old tongue into the old brain and stays there for forever.
1: Yeah, I mean, what is a commercial jingle, if not the ultimate form of poetry? Uh, and then, also <laughs> here with us, it is The Block himself, Andy Ferrier. Andy, how are you?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me back.
1: You feeling left out of all these trades that have been going on lately?
2: i like to see it from afar, to see what people are doing. So it's entertaining. I want to get in it, though, of course.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like at least I have no real idea at this point who's even on whose team here. But I think uh, today we could be uh, in a good situation for that to not really matter too much. We were talking just before we came on air about – how to approach today's podcast in terms of going team to team. And Gabe pointed out astutely that there are some spicy matchups here in this upcoming week. So uh, I think that will be a good way of approaching uh, the format today. And then furthermore, Gabe, really stepping up to the plate here, really, uh, dare I say, being a teacher's pet almost. I I don't want to throw out any... (laughs) gross accusations here uh gabe has also taken the liberty it sounds of going back and checking on our draft day purchases at, for lack of a better term i'm very uncomfortable with how that sounds but uh <laughs> our <laughs> draft day bids and yes. now that we've had 10 full weeks to see how all of that has come into play uh and how all of that has begun at least to work out uh that could be fun to revisit as well so very excited to have uh, a lot to be getting into i'm guessing here today although we are recording this on a thursday evening with a football game looming so i will try to wrap up this rambling intro now and dive into things with uh a potentially controversial topic although i don't know how much is uh actually meant in earnest i guess let's find out uh gabe what did you think of the Brower on Brower trade that we saw go down earlier today for Stefan Deggs?
0: (laughs) Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty, pretty expected. I was in talks with Lucas last night, not really talks, maybe that's why I didn't get done, but uh, text talks about maybe trading like Julio for Diggs or, you know, doing some, doing some switching around and that, that didn't happen and at that point you kind of like who is who's going to step up to the plate and uh and take luke's last little bit of self-respect and uh property actually not property again (laughs) uh and yeah isaac uh I'm, i'm glad to see he did it i'm glad to see he was willing to to see the larger picture and uh I don't think it's bad for Luke. I think it helps him a lot this week. I think it's pretty expected. And I think the uh, reaction that it's like another classic collusion, uh, BBC, as Adam would call it, uh, is a little bit overblown. It's like obviously Luke has to sell him, obviously, Luke put himself in a situation near the end of the year where he needs to win and has all of his players on by. It's just nobody was really in a position to to take that on. And yeah. this is what happens in that, in that scenario.
1: If you get a guy in a Raiders uniform named Darren, Luke is going to be interested, it seems like, either <laughs> way. Uh, Andy, I believe you were someone who didn't also see much of a controversy there.
2: No, I mean, Ike obviously got the better end of the deal, but, I mean, Luke, yeah, like Gabe said, Luke kind of had to do it. I mean, he's only got three weeks left, and a third of them, Diggs doesn't play, so. Yeah. Somebody was going to get him, so.
1: No, I agree that it was annoying to see it go through as someone who is uh, concerned about Isaac down the line. But again, as I said uh, in the thread, I was very happy about it when I remembered that Isaac is my opponent this week and Stefan Diggs is on by, and I definitely don't think there was any kind of nefarious activity or cahoots being in uh, there. I don't know how to say that in past tense, but I do I do <laughs> buy in. that that's just Luke being Luke, more or less. Uh, and it potentially could have happened with absolutely anyone in the league there uh but luke is in an interesting position i think that's why it's a lot more defensible where he's sitting here now at 7 and 13 and based on historical precedent is probably feeling like he is gonna have to win out here and go 6 and 0 down the stretch or else everything else is pretty irrelevant and with that in mind i think it's totally justifiable to take what you can get for your last big stud on by uh also seven and 13 here is Derek vanna and they are matched up this week uh, i know it is still theoretically possible for a team as weak as 10 and 16 at the end of the season to get in. I don't think that's likely. Uh, I don't know that 11 and 15 is likely. I do think it's at least possible that 12 and 14 could sneak in. Andy, in your mind, is this Luke versus Vanna matchup a play-out game where the loser is just done?
2: Yeah, I uh, Yeah, I would say so. I'm so sick of Luke not putting his guys in the lineup. It's really fucking frustrating. (laughs) I don't get the joke. Honestly, I think it screws him for trades because I can't figure out what he needs or what he has.
1: This is the joke. This is why he does it. Is because it's something that gets that right reaction.
2: (laughs) Well, then cut that part out. Fuck (laughs) you.
1: He's earned it. He can can, if he's going (laughs) to screw himself on trades. But I know what you mean. Where. It's hard to have a firm grasp not only on even who's on Luke's team, but the first place I always start when I'm considering trades with someone is what do they need and what does it make sense for me to try to be offering them here? And it's just tough when you never see anyone in his starting lineup there. Uh, Gabe, what do you think about this Luke versus Vanna matchup as this loser goes home?
0: Oh, definitely. I think... Even if you go one and one this week, it's not not promising with some of the other. I guess there are there's a scenario where all like the, the people out of the playoffs win, and it just gets even more bunched at like six people at ten wins. But for the most part, I think if they don't, if someone doesn't go two and zero in that matchup, they're both pretty pretty toasted. I did ask Lucas recently whether he thought that his uh, strategy of leaving the boys on the bench all week was maybe messing with their heads. Maybe it was, you know, hurting team morale. Nobody was sure. This point he was five and 13. Uh, so I thought maybe switching it up might be a good idea, but he uh, seemed adamant that, that that was not the problem.
1: <laughs> He's motivating the the boys to make it clear that who hey whoever can perform is going to get their spot and there are no penned in lineup uh positions spoken for i guess with him yeah i i don't know what it is going to take to turn things around to for luke to such an extent that he's going to be making uh, a push here near the end as far as i'm concerned at this point but gabe how do you feel like luke's situation has played out based on how it could have gone after losing saquon uh as we kind of start looking at luke's draft here a little bit the first bid that is clearly going to stand out is that 69 dollars on saquon barkley and it definitely should be acknowledged that losing him right away is about as bad as one can draw it up do you feel like for someone who lost Saquon that early, Luke has done I guess give me a report card grade on how he has done with that in mind.
0: Um, I think he's done pretty poorly. I think that's kind of uh, yeah. Uh, we're not expecting Luke to make like great, great moves throughout the season to better his team. I feel like his best Most of his years, no offense to Lucas, his team doesn't necessarily improve a lot from uh, draft day to playoff time. But um, losing Saquon is always, like, I don't want to throw salt in a wound that probably should have been covered up already. But um, I don't know. I'd give him a a C-. He's a – he just he just let things he lets things get away from him he he trusts his feel too much he's got uh like the entire afc north on his team now and it's just I don't know it's tough to watch the sell off of the the bad teams at the end. I myself have been there when you're just trying to like mortgage everything for a win <laughs> one week or just like get yourself within 20 projected points. You're, you're and trying
1: to make your way around the monopoly board one last time, just like flipping <laughs> over Connecticut Avenue for
0: $40. Yeah. Maybe if I make it around one more time, I can hit free parking and then maybe the yeah, exactly. I can like build hotels on the purples. Yeah. Yeah that's where he's at and it's kind of it's a little it's you know it's like a dying deer but <laughs> having said that he wasn't in a in a great spot to start although actually if we get to the the rankings he does have a a couple of those uh those deals on his team so
1: yeah I, maybe
0: i'm, I'm uh, yeah maybe i'm overselling how uh how not bad he's been i don't know how that uh, this, Definitely I, not phrased correctly. but
1: <laughs> I'm looking at his draft results, and even without Saquon Barkley, if he had just stood Pat, he could be looking at – Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady all as quarterbacks, one of whom he could pretty easily trade. Chris Godwin, Stephon Diggs, Brandon Cooks, Jamison Crowder at wide receiver, and then Aaron Jones holding it down at right. Like, this would be a potentially above-average team even after losing Saquon Barkley. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure you were going to have some draft day values for us here by Luke, but uh, let me quickly ask Andy when you find yourself clicking over to Luke's team later tonight or earlier tomorrow when you're scrounging around looking for trades to throw out there, is there anyone left at this point that you are interested in?
2: Uh, the uh, Lamar. I mean, but, jeez, uh, Lamar. Yeah, that, that's as far as it goes.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, and... <laughs> Are you at this point, Andy, feeling like Luke is a pretty sizable underdog to make a playoff run, or do you still feel like he's in there with a realistic chance?
2: Uh, I think it's pretty slim. He could get, I mean, like Lamar and Hollywood could get hot or some bullshit, or Jarvis catches a touchdown from Baker, but yeah. Jarvis
1: throws a touchdown to Kareem Hunt (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: Uh,
1: yeah yeah. uh Gabe which draft bids stood out to you on Luke's team
0: oh well the number one overall best value that I had I mean actually he has number one and two are Diggs and Josh Allen which is just like a you got Diggs for ten dollars and Josh Allen for six, which are probably yeah. Wow, so that's that's not a lot for wide receiver. Maybe one. I'm not sure where Diggs is, but I think he's Josh like three or Allen four. But top, he's definitely top up to three it. guys for sixteen. It's probably two of the most important, or the I guess I guess we can argue about how important wide receiver is, but. But getting that much consistent production from Diggs and then Josh Allen just being nasty all year. It's, yeah, it's tough to go back to week one and see that you had that dip. And Luke's a dip guy, and he just he gave it up for Baker and Jarvis. So...
1: Never could have seen that coming, I, I just know. getting hoodwinked by the Cleveland Browns for the fourth year in a row. I guess it's not been <laughs> that long. It's only really been the the Baker Mayfield era, which is three years in a row. Uh, so let's not overstate things here. Yeah, uh, probably a season Luke is not going to be thinking back on too, m- too many years down the line from here, when he's, when he's going to be pretty ready to forget, but... Uh you know seems to me at least like he's been in the mix having fun this season and that's what it's all about uh and he's certainly been doing his part to be the straw that stirs the drink uh among the league as he often is so uh job well done on the whole i think for yeah, Luke Yeah good boy Yeah even if the season itself wasn't necessarily what he was hoping for uh moving over to Luke's opponent this week Derek Vanna who I I don't remember the exact week that he was on the podcast, but it seems like since roughly the time he was coming in here, putting himself at the number two spot in the power rankings, things have just taken a drastic turn for the worse here. Ferrier, what do you think about uh, your Domic bro here, Derek Vanna and how things are going?
2: Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Um, He's making a lot of moves. I don't know. He's kind of going nuts. Uh, he's got – I don't know. He's just all over the place lately. I, I, I feel like he's just overreacting.
1: I, I feel like maybe this is me reading into it and in just a perfect illustration of the impact of human narcissism or whatever. I feel like Vanna and you, Gabe, are both – trading for people that i want i feel like some aggressive offer is coming from one of you very soon for like dalvin cook or russ wilson or something uh vanna keeps getting guys that i feel like i would love to have on my team which at as things stand right now there aren't that many people that i'm like aggressively seeking but yeah it definitely seems like vanna is not going down without a fight at the very least uh gabe what has been your reaction to all of the deals flying across the board here?
0: Um, I think it's, I think it's expected. A lot of people are antsy. A lot of people are, you know, have a whole week to to think about the fact that maybe if things break the wrong way, this could be their last week of, of getting action. Oh, we've got some, Got some ambulance action outside. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyways. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, actually, I it was you he... that
1: he made that, I'm now looking at it, it, was you who he made that big deal with for uh, Lockett and Julio and David Moore for Chase Claypool, Tyler Boyd, and the lovely Aaron Jones. Uh, how was that negotiation process?
0: Um, that was a, a stop and start. I think Van proposed it about three days ago and I was like, I don't know. And then today, then Lockett was maybe going to be hurt. And then it was called off. And then today I asked if he was still interested in doing it. And he said, sure. So that was, that was it. Nice and cordial. We exchanged, uh, you know, well wishes afterwards. Um, But yeah, I think it's, I think it's a spot where people are antsy to make moves, and it's all it's all about getting some better matchups this week with your with your bad guys. And I don't know, I I've been trying to be on the side of just getting people's players on buys or bad matchups that they don't want, because Colin, you and you and Isaac are the two nittiest division leaders of all time. So. I think there's definitely been some some room there to to maneuver into which I've been trying to do but not always easy sometimes you get stuck with James Conner
1: I mean that's the thing is I feel like the dynamic this year position by position maybe i just have a bad memory of it but it feels so different to me than anything we've really encountered before and since pre-draft i've had a pretty specific kind of idea in mind for how i want to maximize efficiency with my roster spots and i don't know if it's going to be a recurring issue for me year after year as i keep (laughs) continuing along these lines but there are just so few guys that i really feel like it makes a ton of sense for me to be trading for right now uh and the opportunities have existed a bit along the way, but I don't really have any major regrets about like deals. I wish I had taken and I'm still totally happy with the state of my situation. So I am terrified that like on draft day, the major regret I'm going to have is the one time I deviated from the plan. I've spent all season long (laughs) fuming uh, over
2: if i just (laughs) hadn't
1: clicked raise for 30 dollars on odell beckham like i had no intention (laughs) of doing that and I, i like it's crazy to me how different everything could look if i just stuck with the plan there and i'm certainly not saying i'm totally unwilling to make moves i just don't want to make illogical moves when i have a pretty clear kind of vision in mind here but uh yeah i maybe it's the case that well, because of if, sorry if ahead. i
0: can no if i can jump in on the the like you and ike thing it's like that you i i fully believe that you have a well formulated plan from from the beginning of the year to the end and you're you're sticking to it but you and ike are both people who very much trade with the idea of filling needs and fill it like you're pretty happy with the general construction, but you're trying to tinker with the, with the side bits. And like, I, I like that. I have two, I like to have strong quarterbacks and a, and a running back. And what I've tried to do this year, which I think Andy can probably speak to is just try and get value wherever you can find it. Cause my team had a shit start and wasn't very good. And there's definite, value in that and being willing to like deviate from your set strategy and framework of your team throughout the year.
1: I totally agree.
0: I even, even with the idea that you're getting back to it by the end.
1: Right. I, I would say the, the exploit I'm making to put it in poker terms is the, uh, positional scarcity adjustments that i feel like i'm making which is under different circumstances i would be totally open to pursuing tons of different players here i just feel like the way things have broken this year the player pool does not dictate that that is a good idea in my position and furthermore dictates that doing so could be one of the worst ideas and i think not (laughs) uh taking marginal shots to try to squeak out a fifty-five, forty-five value deal at the uh behest if i'm using that correctly of the <laughs> overall plan i think that could be like the common trap that people would fall into
0: yeah i i agree with that i mean i guess because what happens now with your team is that you want to be strong at quarterback. You want to be strong at running back. And then obviously tight end too. wherever those are the three positions where I feel like you can be, if you have a, a really good player, you can be far and away better than the rest of the league and make up a lot of points that way. Right. And fill in at wide receiver. But at the same time, like, I don't know when you have that running back who's worth who's who's a top five or whatever you want to say it, somebody that you're like comfortable as your RB one very like Dalvin you could get a shitload for him and maybe maybe filling around I don't know I don't know you don't have the like the the side pieces. To, I don't uh, have the
1: starting. To, I don't have the available starting rosters, but I know I could pitch Dalvin for a bunch of really exciting multiple pieces. I don't need multiple. I need to go the other way. I I, I already have more guys that I want to start than I can
0: start. Yeah, but everybody needs to go the other way. So I
1: don't think so. I don't if think you, if you get makes. enough
0: the other way, maybe you can swing somebody else into going the other way. I, I really don't <laughs> oh. think
1: other people need to I think CAV I think calv needs to go the other way and that's pretty close to it
0: yeah i I guess so I, I think I think it it makes sense what you're doing. I just also think that you're missing some opportunity cost in
1: I totally I, I get in that.
0: sticking to that framework in I, I of like
1: absolutely agree that I am leaving the opportunity to do that sort of thing, like, I I do not disagree that if I were to do that, there is room to <laughs> gain some uh, profit, or however you want to describe it. I don't think the risk is nearly worth it. Yeah,
0: that, that's why we all have our own team.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, I, I <laughs> just want to be, I, I feel like I am being accused of holding because i'm afraid to make a move when i am holding because i think it makes absolutely no sense to make most of the moves that i am being offered that is uh what it comes down to for me and we are wildly off here from vanna's team but i guess we've saved a bunch of time uh whenever we get to my segment there uh gabe who stood out to you from vanna's team on draft day
0: oh i don't remember I just did the top ten, top oh, okay. 10, uh overall rankings. So I and didn't go by team.
1: So but, uh, I I just went through team by team and bolded the draft bids that stood out to me uh, on my spreadsheet. But the I got gotcha. you. The person I thought for sure would be in the top ten off of Vanna's team is DK Metcalf for eleven
0: dollars. Oh yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, he's he's up there that was cheap okay uh yeah that, that was a good pick
1: okay uh do you, when when do we want to I, I thought we were going uh i thought you just had a couple people team by team i didn't realize it was a just one top 10 list but i guess it's exciting to uncover that along the way so we've already seen <laughs> Diggs was the number one on the list
0: it's less exciting to uncover it when the one and two are, are already out there but we could go down who uh, <laughs> <sure. laughs> um, number three. Yes, we'll just go for it. Number three uh, draft value. after Diggs won at ten dollars. two was Josh Allen at six. We'll work DK in here somewhere. Uh, three was Russell Wilson at thirteen. Four was Kyler Murray at seventeen. five was. Terry McLaurin at 15. We're going to put DK Metcalf at 5A, or just 5, and maybe move Terry to 6. Tyler Boyd for 5 was a good deal. 7 or 8, wherever we are. Um, I've got Calvin Ridley at 20. Uh, Antonio Taj Gibson for $2. And then uh, our last one we'll put kareem hunt for
1: 11 okay uh andy does that sound about right to you do you have any other names that i i don't know how much you remember the draft uh, i know you were perfectly sober on draft day and would have no reason to forget because you haven't made that many moves in between now and then uh but does that <laughs> list sound about right to you in terms of the big league winners this year
2: yeah um yeah i couldn't tell you what one player cost um but yeah i put dk ahead of even oh yeah right up there with dig so yeah nice nice research yeah gaby oh thanks feels good to be complimented on
1: some research well done uh
0: so like getting a nice grade in school
1: yeah andy (laughs) what do you think uh about the state of vanna's team at this point
2: He's got good players. Um it's well now it's kinda it's weird. He's it's like he's playing in a DFS matchup where he's just got all Seattle, all Atlanta. But
1: <laughs> who's he putting in his captain style, word.
2: man? Yeah, I well, he, he's gotta get over Duke Johnson and Miles Sanders. I don't neither one is good and he's gonna they're gonna bring him down, they're gonna bury him. <laughs> I
0: think Van has been, been hurt this year by – everyone has, like, the conflict in their head, but, like, he's been a bunch of times made made the, the play that his heart wants to make. And I feel like this year it's it's cost him, not just with Herbert, but also, like, Antonio, and I guess that's the same thing. So that doesn't really count as two examples. But um,
1: – No, it's two separate, letting yeah. his heart get <laughs> – in the way, in two yeah. <laughs> spots in the same trade.
0: Yeah. And getting Miles Sanders, getting Duke. Um, I think he's... We all, we all struggle with it. And we all try and find a nice balance. But some years it sways. Sways where, like, everybody you want to do well and convince yourself is going to do well is the wrong choice. So... He can deal with it after
1: a first and a second, so yeah, I don't know. All right, so big-time matchup there this coming week between Luke and Vanna on kind of the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, And then on the top end of the spectrum, I am facing off against Isaac, uh, which I think before we even get into the specifics, and I'm bringing it up now because we already spent a ton of time on my team and I'd rather just check that off the list instead of going back to it awkwardly (laughs) later, Uh, I think it is interesting and I've checked a few things along these lines. The way the matchups have fallen uh, near the end here, I find compelling where we have Luke and Vanna both with seven wins. We have Isaac and I both essentially locked in for the playoffs and then all the middle teams more or less are playing each other this week which adds a dynamic uh and furthermore throughout weeks 11 12 and 13 i believe on the whole, there are many matchups between that middle of the pack group that uh both are gonna go a long way in determining like the number of wins required but i also think crucially go a long way in just the math of so-and-so play each other and thus one of them is guaranteed to get a loss this week is important math i would say to be doing uh potentially in some timelines down the home stretch here so uh i guess having already talked a lot about my team uh gabe one stat that I thought was interesting and kind of ties into the draft day thing is uh, I'll let you give the stat itself. But a thought I've had is even knowing that Dak Prescott went out after week five, I still feel like $14 was incredible value for Dak Prescott. Uh, you, ha- you had a very interesting stat for me about Dak yesterday.
0: Yeah, he's, he's still QB 15. If you started him in your QB two spot, you would still be, you know, right, right average for That's, the year, which is just insane.
1: Yeah, he's still QB fifteen Collins, on total points
0: on Collins heat map or whatever it is of his. I don't know how we how we label it, but your positional chart, like your QB2 is probably the biggest outlier of anybody still to this point. You're averaging 36 points when the league averages 24. So that's almost entirely the reason for your success so far. I would agree. uh, I'd say
1: banking Dak Prescott as my QB2 and then going right into Justin Herbert with like one week of Andy Dalton struggling in-between is, yeah, it's quarterback is the only reason I'm still even, like, alive this season.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's well, I think this year there's just been so few points scored in general, or maybe that, maybe the stats don't bear that out, but I feel like that's the case, and so just having quarterbacks that go off is the, like, simplest way to give yourself a good shot for top five or a matchup win, and it's just been been absurd like there's been five or six guys that are just like getting bonuses or rushing or whatever that are they're making it um yeah and, and all those people are on the best teams yeah Except i mean Josh Allen. sorry pierre
1: <laughs> yeah i that's kind of what i'm getting at in terms of why i don't feel compelled to trade for Slight upgrades is when I look at the list of people outside of like the top five at every single position, they all just seem for the most part the same to me. And I don't feel like it's worth it to disrupt the structural advantage that I have. Uh, so that I'm obviously feeling good overall. Uh, and the entire premise is that, as I laid out on either last week or the week before's podcast, I'm. Just so confident in Russ Herbert and Dalvin Cook being able to put up a pretty reliable 80 ish points per week for me that just not messing the rest up around them becomes an extremely viable strategy. Just getting guys in there who are not going to get bageled becomes an extremely effective way of generating wins, of manufacturing runs, so to speak. Uh, And I I do also want to recognize I am obviously getting incredibly lucky along the way to find myself in situations like Russ, like Herbert and like Dalvin Cook that are so far above the expectation of when I made each of those moves. But, uh, yeah, obviously, on the whole, here things looking quite good. Matt, annoyingly nipping at my heels instead of just politely going down to 10 and six like a good boy and letting me feel like I have the bye more or less uh or 10 and 10 I should say like a good boy uh and letting me feel like I have the bye locked up here Andy outside of Russ maybe Herbert and Dalvin Cook anyone on my team that you like at all or are these just boring Colin guys
2: (laughs) yeah they're boring Colin guys (laughs) um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's working, so I can't hate on you by any means, but I, yeah, it's the quarterbacks and it's Cook. That's all I would really want. I dabble. Have you guys Joe. talked any trades this year? Yeah. But, well, Andy, well we have
0: you Dalvin. proposed any to Colin? Yeah, that's true.
1: We've done a couple, but the first one we did where it was. Odell and Keenan Allen for Julio we didn't talk at all I just sent it to him overnight and he took it uh and then I don't even remember at all about the Dalvin I do remember just aggressively pursuing Madison to open the door for making that something I could <laughs> conceivably accept
0: gotcha yeah that makes sense.
2: Jesus.
1: gotta get the handcuff yeah I'm talking to the wrong people here when it comes to
2: handcuff Respect, uh, <laughs> Madison's Madison's a legit handcuff. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know anyone. Um, the other guy from the Saints is good, Murray probably, but like Pollard, I don't even think Pollard's good.
1: Pollard is good. It's just the offensive line is terrible this year. Pollard, when he's gotten the ball before uh, behind Zeke Elliott, has been nasty. Uh, and I do think that it's very possible. Like in dynasty leagues, I bet he's a pretty hot commodity for. The prospect of someday getting a starting job. Uh, but yeah, I, on the whole, uh, as I've said before, am not aggressively like seeking out too much at this point. I feel totally fine with the wide receivers that I have while recognizing, of course, they could be better. I don't think it's that big of a deal right now. Uh, and at this point, I just. Am taking shots on who's it going to be that winds up as my running back to down the stretch. I'm, I don't care yeah. if it's you, Daryl Henderson, if it's Jonathan Taylor ends up getting that job back, if it's this guy I just spent $18 on whose name I can't even pronounce with full confidence. Uh, I don't know, but at this point... I'm fine with just taking flyers there uh, and hopefully having something work out as strange running back season continues to work its magic here. So as much as I will recognize that it may be fully fair of you guys to not want uh, any of my wide receivers or Mark Andrews (laughs) or whatever, I still am totally satisfied uh, with the state of affairs at this point. So probably not a ton uh, to say beyond that uh let's move over to ike brower here who has freshly acquired stefan diggs uh gabe what are you thinking about ike who it appears is going to be getting the buy in a lot of timelines in your division although certainly not considering that a foregone conclusion how do you feel like ike's team is poised for weeks 14 and beyond as someone who has been very successful in that stretch lately
0: I, I boom it out. Yes, um, I, I don't really trust Ike's team. I, I think it's probably not like just if everybody was put their through their through their teams on the table. Probably not a top five team. Um, it's just his his quarter. I, Big Ben is his only chance that like if he goes off down the stretch. But he's got some interesting matchups. Some, some tough, tough schedule down the stretch. So without that, with him and Wentz, like there's just not a ton of upside there. I like that he went went and got digs and finally uh, gave up on his two tight end strategy and trying to give away PJ Hawkinson. Um, but like, there, there's some good guys. But it basically comes down to if he wants to win, like Kamara needs to keep putting up a ton of points and uh, Deontay Johnson and Roethlisberger need to like connect for two, two dips a game. And that seems possible for a little bit, but not likely for uh, extended period down the stretch. So I I don't think Ike's in any good position. I think he got quite lucky to start the year then kind of, plateaued started going down and when you keep the same team you're eventually gonna have a good week which was last week so he's uh yeah not that impressed he uh winning the championship i'm amazed he he lasted till the second to last pick last week
1: he yeah uh he in fairness gabe may have been right all along on the golf outing you guys took after week three about how badly he needed those wins that he stole away from uh, true. You. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Andy, you're going to be – Andy, you see yourself throwing Ike any e trade offers anytime soon?
2: Um, we were working on one with Hawkinson. I thought we had it, but – uh. It didn't He actually sent me one. What and happened? Instantly, <laughs> instantly rejected it or canceled it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's all right. He's, uh, yeah. I mean, if Kamara just keeps doing this, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it's a good team. It's a playoff team, but I mean, the bot, he's not, I don't look at him as a, like a big time threat or a star team.
0: Was it a one for one, Andy?
2: No, it was a two for one. Um, Oh, yeah, (laughs) it was a, 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 I was willing to do, I mean, I, I, yeah, it was a, it was a legit trade. I was, I think I was losing a little bit at wide, the wide receiver, but I was getting Hawkinson. I guess I just think all of Isaac's trades
0: are one for one with somebody he's done, I think two with you and one with me. He doesn't want to really shake things up, but he wants to like, yeah. He wants
1: to wants to tinker. He's a tinkerer. Uh, so... So, he wants to fit in.
0: He's
2: trying to be part of the club.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm certainly, as I've said a thousand times, I'm sure, over the last couple of years at this point, never going to be counting Isaac out, especially if he is able to get a buy through the first round and only be two random fluky weeks away from yet another championship. I've seen that one play out too many times to say (laughs) anything conclusively negative, uh, at this hour, but should be an exciting matchup this weekend, uh, showing down with Ike. So let's take a look at these middle of the pack matchups this week and a big one potentially, if we are working under the assumption that Ike's team may be potentially vulnerable here, Gabe, you and Wink are showing down, I believe both sitting here at 10 and 10. Is that correct? Uh, Got to be a lot of. I believe,
0: I believe I'm playing Christian number. Uh,
1: oh, one. are you kidding me? Did I scroll to the wrong week of matchups? I, I just, ta- I'm, during all of these podcasts, frantically flipping around between a bunch of different tabs as different <laughs> topics come up. And uh, i you are correct. I was looking at Cavs' team and thinking it was yours. Build Back Better here, playing against Christian Pierre. Yeah, yeah that both, is correct. So disregard. Similar, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, they've got a similar uh, motif to it. It's all about, you know, trying
1: that's right uh <laughs> and simil- similar similar projected points uh so yeah i guess uh slightly less meaningful than were you showing down with uh wink here this week but what are you thinking about uh your matchup this weekend with
0: pierre um i feel feel pretty good i feel bad for christian pierre he's had a He's had a tough year. I think he's done a lot of good moves, and even like two weeks ago, I I would have said that I thought he was a a big a big contender. But um, yeah, I feel like I've gone up and down on Christian Thieriot's team a number of times this year. Likewise, but losing Kittle and then and then Breeze as a nail in a coffin when you have Josh Allen on by like. Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill, like him and Adam, I think have a monopoly on all of the, the quarterbacks. Nobody else really wants. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, it's it's not a particularly scary team. We'll see about Carlos Hyde tonight. He'll get some information at least. Um, Crucial. I, I was try, I was trying to trade trying to trade uh, for Derrick Henry this week, and that that didn't really come to fruition so we'll we'll still keep taking shots but um yeah i i I could be more scared
1: okay uh andy have you thrown any offers pierre's way this season do you guys have a, a dynamic uh
2: he's actually i've actually been in conversations with him a lot this week nothing panned out but I took a stab at Henry that uh, that didn't work out, and then I was even willing to take on the the mixing injury just to add to my stress. But uh, yeah, we've been chatting, but yeah, he, he got on un- and he got unlucky with Cooper too, because now Cooper just stinks. So that and Kittle, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I don't know. He's got he should get rid of fucking Derrick Henry. I can give him some starters. Ugh. Please don't trade Derrick
1: Henry to anyone because this is right around the time of year that he starts putting up like 40 a week.
2: Yeah, this is bell cow season right now, so buckle up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was a message that was potentially easily construed as uh, collusion. <laughs> I, I would very much like to see Derrick Henry stay on Pierre's roster here if he's not coming over to mine. Yeah, I too have gone up and down on pierre quite a bit this season uh he was someone during the middle weeks i was thinking of as one of the front runners to be kind of a dark horse and make a late run we've certainly seen that sort of thing from him in the past but yeah uh kittle re-injuring himself for the remainder of the year it seemed like is going to be pretty tough to overcome here for christian number one uh so gabe i'm guessing you're feeling pretty good about the head-to-head portion of your matchup this week, you've been all over the place in terms of roster adjustments these last several weeks. Do you feel like grinding out that volume and finding narrow edges, for the most part, has been going well for you? Are you actively excited at this point about your roster going forward?
0: Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I was noticing before it came on that I'm just edging you out 65 to 62 in moves this year, which is an important title.
1: Well, I'm going to add um, and drop several defenses now for the rest of this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just... Winks, wings, <laughs> wings, a dark horse. He's, he's checking in at 58. And you could definitely see him even before, even before Sunday, adding <laughs> and dropping Marquez. I'll just three times, but, um,
1: yeah, yeah, a lot of mine have just okay. been adding and dropping Alan Lazard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I
0: don't know. I was trying to get a bunch of wide receivers, but, like, nobody wants to trade wide receivers, and so everyone's trying to give up running backs, and I feel like every week I've been starting four of them, which is bad business. I would trade but you some wide receivers. I have... so... Okay.
1: I would be interested.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's talk. Okay. Um, but I also, I think my team's like, I'm, I'm 10 and 10, which I feel like is about as bad as any team with Kyler Murray and Travis Kelsey can be this year. So, I don't know. Some worked, some hasn't. But um, I don't love my wide receiver, but I got Aaron Jones, and I like his playoff schedule. We know how much that matters. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a team I can't get a read on, but I'm trying to trying to scramble. And Also, like- one, one other point on a player that I thought of is uh, I'm left with James Connor today, which is a, a, I'm pretty sure everybody knows I'm not ruining any trade talks by saying that I really am not a fan of him. And it stems back to the days of Le'Veon Bell holding out in Pittsburgh. And I think we can all agree to hate James Conner because he's responsible for nailing the coffin on getting running back by committee. Because now every time anybody has a good running back, they think, oh, he's not that good. We can just get a stupid rookie from Pittsburgh to come in and play for him. So I think my, I was thinking about it today and my hatred of him does stem back to him uh, really showing up on when he held out for a year and thus showing all bell cows that they're no longer needed. So I'd like to it is that out there and please yeah. trade for him.
1: I know there are a ton of different situations between holding out versus not re-signing someone after their contract is up. But I do feel like one of the most glaring messages NFL GMs have probably come away with over the last five-ish years or so, if, if not dating back before that. I'm sure Belichick was onto this long, long, long ago. Is just how unwise it is to pay big money for running back. I th- it's just impossible to argue, I would say, uh, these days. But, uh, Andy, how are you feeling about Gabe's team here? Is he still someone that you're going to be scouting out for potential trades to be making?
2: No, of course. He's got, he does have a lot of running backs. <laughs> Holy cow. You do have some running backs uh yeah he's got players you know he's got some fun names on there um his, his team's kind of hot right now we'll see what happens I don't know if these trades were good or bad I guess we'll find out
1: yeah gabe you have uh, you've actually I believe got the if not the literal best record very close to the best record since week five uh you've been on quite a tear with one exception in there uh where a lot of people had uh, an off week in week eight but uh definitely done a lot to turn around that zero and six start there and I think I have officially come around and I am team Isaac as all as far as all of that is concerned I I I agree that (laughs) Isaac needed those wins pretty badly here uh so that one uh gonna be very interesting to see play out, I think that blue division could look very different this time next week if Isaac has a bad week here, and either one of you, Gabe or Wink, gets up to twelve and is within striking distance with a couple of weeks left to go. I think that could be uh, pretty contentious under a lot of different circumstances there. So uh, let's, I guess, move over Andy to your matchup here this week. You were facing off with Lloyd who also uh, has been doing his part to turn things on lately uh, and stay in the mix. How are you feeling uh, about Lloyd's team at this point?
2: Cool. Are we talking, uh, talking is, to Andy,
0: me, who are we talking
2: to? I was on mute. That's on me. Um, I'm confident. um Breaking news or tabloid news? Uh, fucking DeAndre Swift has a concussion. Um, that's gonna, that's a buzzkill for him. That might be his best player right now. Um, I'm confident these my boys, they're bound to have a good week. They've been struggling. i I've given up on their heart, but we're gonna play through it. It's gonna be, you know what? Kenyon Drake tonight. We're gonna listen to this tomorrow. Big game tonight. Kenyon Drake. Calling your shot. I am calling my shot, and fucking Pierre wouldn't take him off my hands. I hate Drake. I think everyone hates him. Gabe, want to get rid of him? Is
1: Kenyon Drake the better back?
2: He is not.
1: All right, uh, I agree. He, I, I'm Team he's... Gabe there. I think Gabe, the Wild Goose Chase Edmonds is uh, everybody knows the better back.
2: Yeah, but I think yeah. Drake's going to keep the job though. I I, I don't know why. Um, I think they're just going to keep letting him start for some reason, but I don't know tonight. It's going to be, he'll have two touchdowns. Okay.
1: Hey, he's certainly had, uh, plenty of big games before starting right around this time last year. So certainly a possibility there, Andy, uh, is this your first week with Zeke Elliott?
2: It it is. And, uh, I don't want to just keep saying all my guys are great, but. I'm 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 happy about that trade. I know it looked bad with the Aaron Jones one, but I think we'll look back and I think I got Allen Robinson for free. I think Zeke's gonna be I don't think he's gonna be nasty like Kamara, but he'll be respectable. I mean, I don't think we're gonna see like the four and five point games anymore. He needs to be fed.
1: Okay. Uh well at least he's got a tattoo reminding everyone of that Gabe. What are your thoughts on the prospects here for Andy Ferrier as things pertain to weeks fourteen and beyond? Your specialty.
0: Um, uh, he, he's got to get there first, but uh, I don't know. I, I like I've always, I've liked Andy's team all year. I think he's. I think when it's healthy, it's definitely up there. But, uh, he's, yeah, he's starting. Starting Mike Davis and Andy Dalton who were not not terrific. I did um of course terrible Andy. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's just like who knows about Michael Thomas, who knows about Zeke. I, I think that's it's a good obvious bilo candidate and see what see what he does. Maybe they'll be a little better with Dalton. But it's like who knows what you're getting from Galladay? Who knows what you're getting from Shark? So um, I'm I'm pulling for you, obviously, but I don't know. I will say one thing that uh, you have been on a bit of a a downswing, and I don't know whether there are some some demons you need to get out of you, but you are one in seven since trading David Johnson. No, that, that,
2: that was that was the turning point.
0: Fuck. He was your guy, and you were nine and three, and you traded him for DJ Chark, and now you're. He he sucks. It's not like a a performance thing, but maybe maybe
2: you need to go get him, bring him home. I think I think that'll be my next offer.
1: Yeah, hey, have, Andy. Uh, 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 back. Andy, congrats on hitting triple digits this week and fading that for the second time this month.
2: Dude, it's been, it's been tough. The the last four weeks have been so fucking bad. (laughs) Like, Like I keep saying when I get healthy, but like some people just don't get healthy this year. Like, they're just not gonna. They're not gonna play. It fucking sucks.
1: Yeah, I went through that with AJ Green last year, and that was like a low key situation. But that's like a ton of your capital has gone into
2: players like that. I'll get over it though. They, I mean, I think I'm kind of. I think with McCaffrey having week thirteen bye, if I can sneak in, I'm kind of hoping they just sit him through the bye, and then he's fully healthy for the playoffs and I kind of get the best player in the league back. So I got to get there first though. I, I'm going to be crawling in the playoffs if I get there. It, yeah. it was a good buy in Mike Davis though.
0: Good good job before he came back. That was a little bit of protection. Yeah, but he kind of
2: stinks too.
0: He's <laughs> fat. <laughs>
1: yeah. Would you say Gabe, that if one of these double digit teams were to miss the playoffs it would probably be farrier
0: i'd give i'd give me andy and link just about an even shot i don't think any of us are have have perfect teams
1: and out of out of the out of the four that are in single digits still who would be your pick to take that spot
0: just i Probably Lloyd. He loves sneaking into the sixth spot. It's like his <laughs> his yearly little. <laughs> I feel like it's in that uh <laughs> Lloyd's always trying to sneak in the sixth spot, like that game in uh, Mario Party where you like run up and then when it's hide and go seek, and then you have to like duck into your barrel before they look around. Yeah, like yeah. Always Adam trying to get into the
1: playoff <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh well this matchup with andy could go a long way in making that happen uh they're only separated at this point by two games so uh pulling up the total points here i guess it is very possible they're only separated by two games and about 20 points this time next week, Lloyd could be hiding under that rock in the sixth number six spot.
0: Yeah, he's uh his team's okay. His quarterbacks are terrible, so that kinda caps his caps his upside. But he has done a good job of assembling his his boys at wide receiver. Um, but I don't I don't see him going far, but getting into the sixth is a, is a reasonable goal, two, two games behind three different teams. He doesn't need to beat everybody. He just needs to to find one little weakling and pick them off.
1: Yeah, see if you can find a uh, – I'm mixing Mario metaphors here now, but see if you can find Sweet. one of those turtle, those uh, purple turtle shells or red ones, <laughs> the ones that the heat
0: seekers. The, that the take blue ones? A,
1: yeah, the blue ones, the blue shells. <laughs> the uh, red ones. No, the red, yeah, yeah, the the red ones are the heat seekers. The blue ones are the ones that take out first place, right? I'm talking red. I'm talking the guy in front of you. You're talking red. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh,
2: yeah. I
1: agree. And and I'm over here just with a three-pack of banana peels trying to hold off Matt Cavanaugh. Uh, (laughs) So big-time implications there uh, in this Ferrier and Lloyd matchup. Let's now move into our final matchup of the week. Let's see uh, if Christian Winkelhoffer can be a banana peel for me here and fend off Matt Cavanaugh a bit. Uh, Gabe, how does Wink seem to be feeling uh, as the winter months grow closer and the playoffs seem a bit more realistic for him?
0: Um, I don't know. He's He was not. He's, he's been ruining his trade with Adam last week. He um, he sometimes gets down on himself when he makes bad trades, which well that doesn't uh, happen you often. You just got you just got to get over and probably just make – yeah, I don't know whether that's the right move. I was going to say that the reaction to that is to make, like, three more trades so you can't tell who was on your team. And that seems like <laughs> the equivalent of, like, being like, oh, I just said something dumb. I'm going to take three more shots and go talk to some other people. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. He's He's got some good players, but he's, he's still – He always wants to make moves, but I'm not. I feel like his team has been a bit depleted the last week, at least in terms of people that people want. Like I told him when he got talked early, I said, you know, I I hope you like him because he's not going anywhere else. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Chris Carson's a tough one. When he comes back, I guess that makes him a lot better. So. He's, he's got a chance, but I feel like there's a couple teams that I like maybe don't check every check daily or weekly even, or just glance over and they're worse than I remember. And he qualifies in that category right now. Okay. So He's, he's got some big play. Josh guys. Reynolds. Yeah, he does. I like T Higgins a lot. I like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have six dips since he traded for Devontae three weeks ago. So I mean that's a that's a nice little nice little treat, but Yeah, and know. also just doing
1: doing the whole league of service I with do, that trade to keep him out of Matt Cavanaugh's hands.
0: Yeah, I will say I'm rooting really hard for Jameis. that's I'm very happy he got him. I'm glad he, he maybe paid a little too much, but who gives a shit? 'Cause Jameis is gonna be a fun eh, yeah yeah. <laughs> Should be fun. Fun to watch no matter what. But maybe maybe less so if he's on your team. Yeah, eventful. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Eventful.
1: Never a dull moment with uh Jameis Winston for sure. Yeah, I was I would I was figuring you were a fan of that pickup there. Uh Andy, what do you think about Wink's team? Is there Anyone here that uh, other than Devontae Adams you are salivating over?
2: Mm, not, re- I mean, he's got a few good guys, but kind of like what Gabe said. I don't remember his team looking like this. I I kind of liked his team a little while ago. I don't I don't remember the Adam trade, but yeah. I mean, if, the thing is, if James works out, he's not going to play all year. He'll, I would assume, Breeze will be back, but. T. Higgins is good. James Robinson has been really good all year. We'll see if that continues, but he's got all these, like, waiver-ish wide receivers starting, I'd say. No, well, just D.J. Moore and Reynolds, but it's a... Yeah, yeah girly. Gurley. I don't love this team anymore. So a good question. Like, I don't know what yeah, he's going to do. Yeah, he was hot for a little while, but I don't know if, like, with Rieger there, Wentz sucks, but He's all right. Surprised
0: Luke hasn't picked up Alshon yet.
1: (laughs) That's a good call. Uh, Yeah, this has been an up and down team. I still like a lot of what I'm seeing here. I don't know that this is necessarily going to be a team that's a front runner uh, in the late weeks in rumble situations, but it is definitely one that has the pieces necessary to put up some big scores as far as i'm concerned uh and if there were a team that's gonna look a little sketchy right now that did turn that goes on to turn it on in the post season i think wink might be my pick there more so than like an ike or someone else i i, I feel like uh this is definitely a team that is vulnerable for sure but can very easily if things break right put up some huge huge points so Uh, I guess that leaves us now with his opponent this week, Matthew Kavanaugh. Uh, Andy, what do you think about Cav for the second year in a row having a good fantasy team? I know I have said that I think it's good for the league when Cav is more in the mix, chirping at the boys and so forth, and feels like he can really back it up on the scorecard. Is that something that you enjoy as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You want to see Matt do well. I, uh, he's got a, he's got a great team. Um, I mean, he he, the strategy is easy. You, you spend money on the quarterbacks and you don't have to worry about anything. You kind of just set it and forget it. Um, he finally did make a move with the Josh Jacobs with Vanna, but, uh, yeah, I mean, his team's, his team is really good. He's, uh, he's got a squad. So
1: yeah, Gabe, <sighs> do you feel like Matt is more entertaining as the little brother who can finally start winning at basketball games, and now is talking shit, or is it more fun when he's just getting kicked around?
0: Uh, I think somewhere somewhere in the middle. I don't. I think he gets a little too. I mean, next year I'm looking forward to driving him in the Men's Fantasy getaway and then talking about his his three-year trends being being great for the regular season. But I don't know. I I don't, I don't, I mean, I root for everybody. I think, I think everybody to do well in this league. And it's nice when it gets split up a little bit, Matt, I could, I could go for a bad year. He's had a nice (laughs) little run here. Um, (laughs) I don't think the league needs it, but, uh, but at the same time, he does have – he's got good teams. And there's uh, – uh, no no amount of, of shaming can take that away. Yeah. I do – I don't necessarily like all of his moves this year. But he's uh, – yeah. Yeah, we'll give him some credit.
1: Okay. Uh, I, for one – love it when matt has uh a lot of confidence in the things that he's saying i've said it before it's going to sound like a joke and it kind of is but also kind of isn't matt that's how winners talk uh and he knows that so i (laughs) i look forward to the continued success of matt kavanaugh as long as it does not come at the expense of me getting a buy here uh so yeah go ahead
0: i will i like the i like the um almost weekly Matthew gets praised on the podcast and then like takes offense to a couple of the nitpicks about his (laughs) strategy. And he's, he's not the best at letting like real or perceived mini slights go over his head. So it is always funny to like hear everybody say nice things on the podcast about his team. And then like, him to come on the podcast um, come on the thread the next day and be like i can't believe you talked about my team that way (laughs) i i I would guess sorry go ahead no that was all that's about it
1: okay i was i would guess that uh in cases like that matt often feels like the specific criticisms that are being made are just like Wholly unfair or unsubstantiated, which I think there are varying degrees of truth to that uh, on case by case basis. Is what's the plural of basis? Um, bases.
0: Bases. Be- Feels like it should be bases.
1: Yeah, base I <laughs> uh, Anyway, Matt cer- certainly going to be in the mix, and actually, you brought up uh, something that I think is kind of an interesting point, and there's no actual pecking order here but i think we can all kind of agree that vanna having a slower year than he's had in the last couple uh is potentially on time we we could maybe do with vanna having a a down year here and we may get to the point where matt becomes that person of if he does god forbid go on to win a championship or something this year and then becomes really annoying about it or whatever. Uh, maybe he will be the next person in line for that. Uh, we're all kind of ready for him to have a year off here, but I don't know, Gabe. I feel like you might be uh, not that because of, not but not because you handle yourself poorly. It's just people get sick of watching the same people do well over and over.
0: Yeah, no, I I feel it. I. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't imagine that many people are rooting for me this year. Yeah, Gabe, you either know, you either you die
1: know, a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
0: Yep, yeah. and it's it's come full circle. Back when back when nobody thought I was hot except for Isaac, and now everyone's like, Will everybody just shut up about him. <laughs> yeah, so it's <laughs> it's <laughs> been a long road. I, I'd, I'd rather have my spot, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting spot for Matthew where he was you know seemed like he was stuck in his knockdown drag out war with Lucas for a while and then it's kind of like yeah. it's <laughs> moved on to other relationships, but <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh well, <laughs> a lot left to see go down here in these last few regular season weeks. And then I'm sure uh, an exciting playoffs are in store for us. As long as we can actually get these games played Uh, at this point in time, it seems like COVID COVID spiking all over the place, but NFL at this hour seems to be uh, handling things. Okay. Or at least as far as we know, handling things Okay, so excited to see how all of this ends up going. Guys, uh, I know this game is just about to kick off, if it hasn't already, so I will let you get out of here. But thank you for giving me so much time today, and thanks everyone who listened and made it all the way to the end here. We will talk. Uh, we will be back to talk more after week 11 with uh, guest TBD at this hour, but uh, we'll check in then. Thanks one more time. Talk soon. Take care, everybody. Stay hard.